Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. This morning, uh, we're uh, sharing a message called The Light of the World. Um, And I want to share just a a couple of funny stories with you first. Uh, Not that you need warmed up, but it's always good to laugh. So the first one is called the three wise firemen. (laughs) There was an art contest held in a local school one Christmas season a few years ago in East Texas. One of the prize winners was a picture drawn by a nine-year-old boy showing three men offering gifts to the baby Jesus in his manger. What made the picture unique is how the three gift presenters arrived. There was a fire truck on the side of the picture. The principal asked the boy about his decision to draw the truck and the boy in his heavy East Texas accent was quick to reply. Well, the Bible says that the wise men came from afar. (laughs) What children here? I was reading the story of Jesus' birth to my daycare children one morning. As usual, I stopped to see if they understood. What do we call the three wise men, I asked. The three maggots, replied a five-year-old. What gift did the magi bring, baby Jesus, I corrected. Gold, Frankensteins, and Smurfs, the same five-year-old replied. (laughs) Well, Christmas is the time of year where we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. We live in a world that is predominantly dominated by darkness. Christmas time is a great reminder of how God penetrated the darkness with the light of the world, Jesus Christ. Jesus gave his, uh, left his place as of creator and entered into his creation in order to save us from our sin, in order to save us from darkness and bring us into the glorious light. The birth of Jesus is no small event. It has changed the course of humanity forever. The birth of Jesus Christ was and is the single greatest demonstration of God's love to all of humanity. Jesus Christ, even 2,000 years plus or 2,000 plus years after his death and resurrection is still the most influential person that has ever walked the planet and he only lived here for 33 years. It's really an amazing thought if you think about it. We see here, um, and we have a recording in Matthew chapter 1 of Jesus Christ when he was born. And we see uh, the beginning of the influence came uh, in in these verses. It says this in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while the thought about these things, while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit." And she said, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, 
for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So what did the birth of Jesus Christ, the light of the world, mean for all humanity? First, it meant that darkness would be dispersed. We see this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 12 through 17. It says, now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. It's interesting that he went to Gentiles even though he was called to Jews. But it says this, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And those who sat in the region of the shadow of death Light has dawned on them. In other words, why did Jesus come? He came to bring light. Verse 17 says this, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Jesus, the name, means savior. And Christ means anointed one. And then finally, as we already saw, Emmanuel means God with us. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Jesus Christ came to reveal light, and in revealing the light of God, he dispersed or removed the darkness. This is why we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ at Christmas. We see from Scripture that mankind is trapped or sitting in darkness. And when Jesus arrived on the scene, they received light. The same promises for us today who put our trust in Christ. So what is the second thing that Jesus and light came and, and dealt with? It meant what? It meant that now there would be salvation for all humanity. We see this in John chapter 3, verse 14 through 17. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting light. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. In other words, God didn't send Jesus to make you just feel bad. He didn't send Jesus to say, look, I'm God, you're not, see how sorry you are, and look how great I am. He didn't do that. He came understanding our state and our condition, and he was light and is light, and in that state and that condition, he came as one of us in order to bring us out of that state, in order to remove the darkness, remove the sin, and enter in salvation and light into our lives. So we see here that Jesus Christ, as the light of the world, revealed God's heart toward humanity for salvation and not for condemnation. The purpose of the light was to expose darkness in order to bring us into the light, not to condemn us to hell. Light in the midst of darkness gives humanity the opportunity to repent, 
You know, I, I often have said this, and I, and I think it's so true, we can see it and hear it in everything that Jesus said and demonstrated, but if God wanted humanity no longer to survive, and he didn't want them with him, he wanted them to go to hell, all he would have had to do is nothing. He could have just left us in our current condition. But the wonderful thing about God is, is he will do everything he possibly can to redeem humanity. That's the wonderful thing about the light and about the truth. So what else did it mean? What else did the light coming into the world mean? It meant that the punishment for our sin would be paid. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21 says this, that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses against them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. I like that word pleading. What does it mean? It means that God is, is pleading with humanity, hey, come to me, I have made a way for you to come. God is not in heaven looking down, going, I could care less. He's, he said, I'm, not dis, I'm disinterested in, with all humanity. I know uh, these people have rejected me. They've mistreated me. Um, they, 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 they haven't obeyed me. That's not how he is. How he is, is he sends, and in his, in, in, in his nature, he is so patient with us that he'll, he'll send his own son into the world to stand between us and destruction. See, oftentimes we live our day-to-day -day lives and we don't think about eternity, but eternity is a lot closer than you might think. Even if you live to be 120 years, which is pretty rare, but some have done it, but even if you live to be 90, even if you live to be 95, eternity, how many would say with a raised hand, it seems like yesterday I was this age. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And we, we, but we oftentimes get into day-to-day -day life and we don't even think about it in the eternal perspective. And yet God, through Christ, is pleading with humanity, please stop and receive salvation. It's a powerful thing, and that's what Jesus came to do. And we see that Jesus, according to the Scripture, verse 21 says this in that 2 Corinthians 5, it says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Wow, that's, that's wonderful. Because I don't know about you, I know for me, I was really sorry before I got saved. And I'll just say this, I've been sorry at times since. But I know this, that my sin was paid for by Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world, and there is joy in that. You know, the songs that were just sung, and, and they did such a wonderful job with it, but the songs that were just sung, what are they declaring? They're declaring, hey, God loves you. He's not mad at you. I'm going to show a movie clip here in just a second. Actually, it's a TV clip. But I'm going to show it to you, and, and, it's, and, and it's going to really demonstrate to you what I sense the Lord wanted to get across during these services. It, it will have great impact in showing you how much God has done in the birth of Jesus Christ and him coming to the earth, going to the cross, and then being raised from the dead. And we're celebrating that during this season so think about this, Jesus, the light of the world who knew no sin, he was perfectly sin sinless, 
He came to the earth in order to become humanity's sin. That's an amazing thought. I know we think of Jesus in a manger at Christmas, which is not wrong, but we must consider what was said to the shepherds upon his entry to, the, uh, to see the fullness of the event. Luke chapter 2, verse number 10 through 14 says this, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. This message is for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and what? Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Notice the statement was not, God's here, look out, you maggots. <laughs> you know, God could have said that. And maybe, I mean, I don't know about you, I'm not going to speak for you, but I can speak for me. Maybe that's justified. But God, who is love and very patient, I mean, so patient, we have no concept. He says, hey, I'm here with good news. And the news, the message from heaven is not war, it's peace. The message is peace on earth, good will toward men. I said this in the last service, and you get the benefit of a better service because I preached this once already. <laughs> I'm more fluid the second time. <laughs> But I preached this and I shared this in the last. How many people see a baby and go, oh no, run away. It's going to hurt me. Think about God. If I was God, and we're all grateful I'm not. If I was God, I'd come into the earth like Thor did in the movies. Not in real life, okay, just, just so you know. That's how I would come. What does God do? He enters the same way that you and I enter. How much love is that? How much patience is that? Think about this. How much understanding and graciousness is that? He knows and understands each of us beyond what we even understand ourselves. Have you ever been frustrated and been like, God, come on, you don't under, you're not understanding what's going on. The truth is we don't understand. He knows perfectly, and if you'll reach out to him in faith, he'll answer. With great grace and loving kindness, amen? That's how he is. So the last two points. What did it mean when the light of the world came into the earth? It meant we could have the proper king enthroned in our hearts. And it also meant that all of humanity, humanity could finally be free. Two of the best scriptures that I know on this freedom uh, uh, subject are in John 10.10 10 and John 8.36. John 10.10 10 says, The thief 
does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So if we're not partnering up with God, people say, well, I don't, I'm not partnering up with the devil. You are by default. If you partner up with God, you'll be fine. If you say, well, I'm not going to do either. I'm going to do my own thing. You won't. You'll end up doing the devil's thing. And he has one agenda in his mission statement. He, this is his mission statement. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. And then Jesus made this powerful statement. I have come that they, humanity, might have life and life more abundantly. John 8, 36 says it this way. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be what? Free indeed. So guys, if you want to prep that movie clip right now, I just want to preface it with this. In this clip that we're about to see, Jesus is speaking to the woman at the well of Samaria. I picked this clip because I felt it best encapsulated what I have shared so far in the message. I'd like you to pay close attention to how Jesus deals with this person who is obviously bound by sin, guilt, anger, bitterness, prejudice, frustration, and even self-hatred. Her decisions and the decisions of others have caused her to be in a place of darkness, a place where she lacks hope and salvation. She is living under the burden of sin without God ruling as king in her heart. You will notice as the scene ends, as this woman opens her heart to the Lord Jesus, all of a sudden she believes he is the Messiah and she is instantly changed in heart. She discovers that Jesus is the light of the world and that darkness is dispersed. Salvation is discovered the punishment of sin is removed. The longing of her heart for a king is satisfied. And she walks into freedom like she has never experienced before. This is the purpose of why Jesus came. Her encounter with Jesus. Now this, is, this stands out to me so strong. Her encounter with Jesus is so profound that she runs to tell everybody in the city that has been rejecting her for years and mistreating her. The love of God so penetrates her heart that she begins to love the ones who hated her. So, if you guys would go ahead and play that right now. Would you give me a drink? me? That's bad, huh? What? You, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan, and a woman. I'm sorry. I should have said please. You know, it's not safe for you to be alone out here. Nor you. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the, the cool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come out new in the heat. So you have so kindly reminded me. Why won't they be seen with you? Long story. I'd, I'd still like a drink of water if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I 
unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Would. Except that you have nothing to draw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Long story. But Jewish water is better than Samaritan water, hmm? That's not what I said. Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well? Your water is better than his? I know, Jacob. And everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Wouldn't that be nice? The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. First, go and call your husband and come back. I will show you both. I don't have a husband. You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. <laughs> oh, I see. You're a prophet. You're here to preach at me. No. Usually the one good thing about coming here alone is I can escape being condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. Too many. But it's men like you who have made it impossible for me to do anything about it. How? Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place for true worship. They say that because the temple is there. <sighs> exactly where we're not allowed. I'm here to break those barriers. And the time is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So, where am I supposed to go when I need God? I've never received anything from God, but I couldn't thank Him even if I did. Anywhere. God is spirit. And the time is coming and is now here. That it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth. Heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper he's looking for. It won't matter where you're from or what you've done. Do you believe what I'm telling you? <laughs> Until the Messiah comes and explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me. I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong when you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of, I am He. The first one was named Ramin. You were a woman of purity who was excited to be married, but he wasn't a good man. You, and it made you question marriage and even the practice of your faith. Stop it. The second was Farzad. On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. 
And to this day, every time you pass by the oranges in the market, you feel guilty for leaving him because he was the only truly godly man you've been with. But you felt unworthy. Why are you doing this? I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know, but not by the Messiah. you know these things because you are the Christ. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon. Just the heart. You promised. You forgot your um. Papa, you man, you told me everything I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is what Jesus Christ, the light of the world, offers all of humanity. This is what Christ Jesus is offering to us today. You were born with eternity in your heart. A lot of times people don't think about this, but there is something within every person that knows that they're gonna live forever. Whether that's in heaven or that's in hell, we know that there's eternity. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says this, it says that God has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. It's a divinely implanted sense of a purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. We know from the scripture that God loves us and has opened a door for us to join his family. We see this in Romans 10, 10 and 11. It says, for with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Romans chapter 10, verse number 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Christmas season reminds us of the great love God has for all of humanity. The purpose of Jesus coming was to seek and to save those who are lost. You know, we, you watch that clip and you think about why, this, this is my thought always. 
even when I read it in scripture. Why did Jesus choose her? I mean, think about it. There had to be a more squeaky clean religious guy around for him to go visit. But who did he go to? He went to the person that everybody, nobody would look to her as the, as the opportune convert. But you know how Jesus thinks? That's the one. That's the one right there. Yeah, but they're, they're in the worst position of everybody. Yeah, I know. That's the one I want. And people sometimes think, well, why would it be that way? Why would it? Well, let me ask you this. If you're going to win in a war, and in this case, Christ winning the lost, why not go to the worst of the worst and save them first? And then what man looks at on the outside, because how many know we're all in the worst of the worst position without him? And then from there, you're moving your way up into, in humanity's mind, into others that need Christ. Jesus looks at you, and, 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 and when he looks at you, he says exactly what he said to the woman at the well. You may be rejected by others, but you are not rejected by me. I'm going to give people an opportunity to respond to Christ right now if they desire. But first, I want to put this, this thought to you. You realize that because Jesus came, that the doorway or the entryway into heaven and into relationship with God is open to everybody. The only people that do not make heaven are the ones who reject him because he has accepted everybody if they will accept him. So every head bowed, every eye closed, I wanna give opportunity. If you're watching online this morning for our second service here, I wanna give you opportunity as well to receive Christ, to rededicate your life to Christ. Maybe you just need to do that. You just need to make that public confession of your faith. And this is gonna be very simple, following the pattern we always do. If you'd like to rededicate or give your heart to Christ, would you just raise your hand where you're at? And we wanna pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Yes. Anybody else? Thank you. Yep. Is there anybody online, Michael? I guess I didn't tell him what to do. If you just put yes in the comments of the live stream, then we'll know or put a hand emoji up, whatever. We'll just know. Is there anybody else you want to? You say, I need to just, even, even you know, I just sense this, and, and, and you don't have to raise your hand on this because we're all going to pray. But I, I just sense this in my heart. I feel pushed or nudged by the Holy Spirit in this. Maybe you're here, and you've given your heart to the Lord, but you just know your commitment level's not where it should be. And you do. You feel, you feel convicted about that. But you're like, I know I'm born again. And you are. But you just know you need to commit and, and, and really uh, make him king of your heart this morning. Just pray this prayer with us when we pray it and make that commitment as well.
Because I know there's many times where people have been born again, but they just are not living for the Lord and they know they're not. You know, you, you believe Jesus is the only way, but you're just not living for him. And so if that's you, you can just agree with us as we pray. If we would pray together with these, Heavenly Father. Yeah, I just, re- sorry, I didn't say that. Repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus, who came to this earth, lived a sinless life, and died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose from the dead so that I could receive forgiveness, become your child, and receive the gift of eternal life. I come to you now, repent of my sin. I not only receive your gift of forgiveness, but I give you all of my life, all of my heart. I believe you have accepted me because Jesus said, the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. You also said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, will be saved thank you for saving me making me your child and helping me live for you in jesus name amen thank you for taking the time to listen today if you would like more information about faith family church including service times and location visit faithfamilybillings.com